Welcome to my cozy crypt. Welcome to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin, a Tales from the Crypt Retrospective, brought to you by Bat and Spider. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 19? Is it 19, Dale? Yeah. Yeah, it's 19. I'm of the authority. Episode 19, Corman's Calamity. Chuck. How's it going? It's going all right, buddy. How are you? Hanging in there, you know. It's Saturday night, favorite night of the Crypt Keepers and uh, friends. The creepiest of all nights. When that the, the warm glow of your tube TV firing up uh, HBO with that cable run into the giant the like 12-foot satellite dish in your backyard. Mm-hmm. Actually, I never had one of those, but I had a friend. I had a, my best friend in like thir- third, fourth, fifth grade was mm-hmm. very wealthy, and his dad had this huge satellite dish. Like, oh yeah, in the backyard. And I was like, holy crap! If there was ever a su- a sign of decadence, yeah. Like, who even installed those? Were there cable companies you could call or satellite companies? How did you get that installed in I your know. yard? Imagine the truck that had to bring that thing. Yeah, really. And, and were you getting it for a dollar ninety nine or, or one hundred ninety nine dollar install fee? With I like, know. how did that work? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine the install fee. Holy crap! Yeah, I had like your own private satellite up there. Yeah, yeah if, <laughs> if you're if you're putting one down here, you might as well have the the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the private complimentary satellite up in space. They put a. Uh, not only do they bring the giant satellite dish, they bring a little launch pad to launch your satellite up. And you get to push yeah. the button. Yeah. You paid for it, so <laughs> it's yours. You know, they let you like draw your initials on it. <laughs> I had to in my backyard I had like it must have been like a thirty foot T V and like metal oh, yeah. antenna. And I remember as a kid just climbing all over that thing. Oh yeah, I think at some some point my mom got rid of it. I don't know if she had to pay somebody to come take it out. Who knows? I have to ask her about that. Yeah, I wonder how much you get in scrap for those old things. Like, luckily for you, my uh, crypt creepers, um, we're gonna Facetime my mom right now and find out. Here we go. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> the first appearance of mom on yeah, crypt keepers coffin. <laughs> so that's my TV antenna story. <sighs> cool. Um, yeah, so uh, this week we're talking about an episode, a very meta episode called Corman's Calamity. Cartoonist Jack Corman has a problem. Everything he draws becomes real. Every monster, every zombie, every caricature of his wife. And it all has something to do with this virility medicine that 
his wife has him on because she wants to have a baby. And uh, But Jack falls in love with a cop who has figured out the connections between these monsters appearing in the city and the Tales from the Crypt comic books that Jack draws. And will this episode, will this silly, silly episode wrap up in a convenient fashion? Hmm. Dear listener, it will. It definitely will. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let's get into it, Dale. I don't know if you can tell, I wasn't a big fan of this episode. Even though you'd think because it has to do with a cartoonist, uh, and there's lots Mm -hmm. of little nods to people who know about the Tales from the Crypt comic book magazine. Yeah. Um, But man, this one could not end soon enough. Chuck, you were upset that Harry Anderson did not do one magic trick in this oh. episode. That's what you're upset about, I bet. That, well, yeah. On top of the, just all my hangups I have about cartoonists and being a cartoonist, second on that list was Harry Anderson not doing any magic whatsoever. The most magical thing about Harry Anderson in this episode was his shirt that he wore in the bullpen <laughs> of Tales from the Crypt office offices. The bullpen. I guess there was, I guess Marvel still had a bullpen at this time, but I always look at that as like the hollow days of comic books. Like, I mean, EC certainly hadn't been around for 50 years with an actual bullpen like that, but yeah. but it, it's a nice fantasy. It's what a lot of, I think, kids growing up, you know, Marvel's really good at putting out that, that bullpen atmosphere and like the letters pages and stand soapbox. Yeah, you you want that to be like a real place, like all the artists and writers huddled together and stuff. Though I'll tell you, this the atmosphere in this office, yeah it it wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. It was uh, no toxic masculinity. I'd say to the max. Yes, definitely, (laughs) completely agree with that. Yeah, they even toned it down from the uh, comic strip. I was so interested that I went and read the comic strip for this one because I just I needed to know like what the what it was like, what they pulled it from. And it was very different, actually. The the whole story was very different. Wow. Um, but the uh, the sexual harassment was worse <laughs> in the comic strip. <laughs> Jeez. In the comic strip, were they working for Tales from the Crypt or EC Comics or... Yeah, it was more um, in the comic strip. They're, t- they're talking about Jack Kamen, who was a real cartoonist, and they changed his name just a little bit for the show. Um, so it's the story in this strip, it's about him coming, he's like, knocks on EC's doors while like, uh, um, Al Feldstein and Bill Gaines are there and Bill Gaines is in like the background of every panel, like (laughs) slobbering and chasing the secretary around the office. It's, it's horrible. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Um, but so he shows up and the the whole, they're like, oh my God, Jack came and you're such a great artist. Please work for us. Even though we make no money. And he's like, he's, they're like, he's the best like romance cartoonist, but he can draw anything. And like his whole thing is like, he's having trouble drawing horrible stuff, like, you know, zombies and ugly stuff. And that's like his whole thing. Like, and like at the end of his strip, he's, he like goes home to work at night and he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to draw the nastiest, grossest stuff ever. And he sits down on his board and for no reason, there's like a full moon and he turns into like, he, he doesn't even turn into a wolf man, but he just like runs past his wife and kids into the backyard and i think he ki- ends up committing murder and oh yeah it, it, it's super dumb <laughs> it's almost as dumb wow. as this episode <laughs> <laughs> D- 
Dale, can you talk? I feel like I'm drowning myself in negativity. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So I liked the episode. Oh, good. But mostly because it was so there was so much inclusion of just tales from the crypt you know there were like tales from the crypt uh window stickers on the door windows and stuff yeah um i wanted that door yeah um and did you see our pal the crypt keeper like no. laying in a chair no i missed that I'll yeah so it was cool he uh he was just like slumped in one of the office chairs or something like that and harry anderson is just having trouble um kind of completing the comics and his wife who is is a face that you would probably recognize she was in she's been in things yeah um it's like the rev- i mean she is she hates him but she <laughs> wants him as a husband and she wants his seed inside of her yeah. like she detests this man completely and she thinks that even his um, virile sperm is lame and dumb, even though he's got to take these this medicine to, uh, you know, liven up his count, you know. <laughs> but he still wants. She still wants it inside of her. Yeah, like that. I mean, it's wha- It's wacky. Yeah, and she's aspect. not. She's like painted as just like a, a like a monster wife, like complete monster wife. Yeah. But here's where, I mean, I immediately became like taut, like yarn just pulled completely tight was, I mean, she hates him. She hates his job. She hates him at this desk. And he is just shown to be working at that desk all hours, not even working at home. He is in this office. Yeah. How could he even be in this? I mean, how could he even be in this relationship? How long? Like, I wouldn't be able to last 48 hours working overtime and and still have even a healthy modicum of sanity yeah yeah no it was just i was like pulled in 50 different directions yeah which which you're right i mean i think that's what they were trying to paint i just i I just couldn't get past the uh the like the one dimension one dimensionality of his wife just being like a monster oh like (laughs) absolutely yeah it's like bothering him and like calling him like and accusing him of cheating on her like every second of every of every day you know <laughs> yeah the uh the king you know the tales from the crypt uh, casanova artist <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so he you know he wasn't obviously cheating until so he draws this monster this monster comes to life inside of this laundry mat he climbs out of the washer and kills the guy who has been in things. This is like, was he was super young in this. I just looked him up. He was definitely in Richard Schiff is his real name. Oh, he was um, Eddie Carr in the Lost World Jurassic Park where he like, he's building all these campers and oh, he's shoot, like, talks about yeah. the high hide. You hide. Hi. Yeah. And uh, he was in The West Wing, it sound, looks like. He was in Man of Steel. Yeah, but he played like a rapist in this. <laughs> <laughs> right, so back... He's yeah. like about to uh, have his way with this lady in a laundromat. Which, which I mean, it, I mean, nothing in this episode, like the story-wise, it, like it's all just coincidence. I don't know. But like Harry right. Anderson is in there doing his laundry and like he m- connects with her, this lady doing laundry too they have a little little eye connection but he leaves whatever but then there's attempted rape the lights are out 
And then all of a sudden this hulking water monster pops out of the, the washing machine and bites yeah. this, the rapist head off in front of her. And it turns out she's a cop. <laughs> right. And she is walking past this newsstand. And this newsstand, thank goodness, is selling just multiple copies of Tales from the Crypt comics. So many copies. Yeah. Beautiful. It was a beautiful thing to see. Mm-hmm. I paused and, it. And uh, she's like, oh my gosh, you know, I've seen that monster before in the laundromat last night who killed Eddie Carr from Lost World Jurassic Park. <laughs> and then, you know, right on the cover is the credit to John Corman. Mm-hmm. And she goes not to his office to find the man who made this comic. She hides in the backseat of his car like Chucky the good guy doll. <laughs> we should also say she she had no qualms about telling her, her bosses at the police department that she just saw a monster bite a man's head off. <laughs> yeah. Like. Without being. Yeah. Without being like, oh, I might, they might send me to a shrink and I'll probably lose my job saying <laughs> right. I just saw a monster. <laughs> yeah, she was just like, that's what it was. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't, you know, like she didn't say, you know, they'll accuse me of being on lewds or something. It was just like, <laughs> this is, take it for face value. I'm a, you know, a beat cop who doesn't lie, right? Yeah. So, and she uh, she corners Harry Anderson in in his car And it's like, you're that dude in that laundromat. You drew this monster and I saw it come to life. What do you think this all means? Well, Jim, I think in some crazy way, your drawings are coming to life. Just popping in from the twilight zone. You know, that's a really weird idea. Basically, what we have from here on out is her asking him to prove what happens. Yeah. So they go in, they go into the office and he draws like a a zombie character coming out of a refrigerator. And then it cuts to like a little scene with like these kids playing in like a it's like a construction site or like Oh man, it's like I a, don't know. it's like a it's like a um what are those things that when it's like a super fun site. It <laughs> yeah. is just what <laughs> yeah, is going on? It was on? like it was like garbage too, right? Yeah, it was like that the, the the hideout for the gang in RoboCop. Yeah, yeah, and they're all wearing like like plastic like army helmets, and they have yeah. little you know plastic pistols, and they're playing war. And there's one nerd. All the other kids won't let him play with him, but he he comes upon this this refrigerator with like green ooze coming out of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then the rest of the kids come up. He's like, I think there's somebody trapped in there. And out pops the old zombie that Harry Anderson drew. <laughs> yeah. I like that zombie. That, that was a zombie cool... was beautiful. Right? Yeah. Because it was, I mean, it was not like a super disgusting, gross you out zombie, but it was, it almost had this vibes of like a 50s comic book. Yeah. In it. Yeah. It was really totally. cool. Yeah. It was like, and I'm glad they did like a full body shot of it. I thought they were only going to do like the. Like a bust shot, but they, mm-hmm. they did do a wide shot and you saw like the whole thing. Like, rawr, like yeah. it was awesome. <laughs> it was badass. Yeah. And uh, how about that? The one, you know, the nerd kid who found the zombie, like yeah. the little kid. He, he was like if a 30-year-old man had a, had a disease that made him look 10 years old. <laughs> he looked like he was 47 in the body of a little tiny kid. Yeah. He yeah. had this aged face, like, deep Roy <laughs> from Never Ending Story. 
Like I'm pulling on my gaunt, I'm pulling uh, on my cheek meat, pulling yeah. it down, like to make me look gaunt and older. Man, some kids just come out old. It's weird. Yeah, I mean his his fingers are probably just wrinkled to high hell. If I had <laughs> taken a look at him, I'm sorry. It was disgusting, Chuck. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I mean, kid. no wonder he was scorned by the rest of those children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. Those kids didn't want to play with him because they thought they'd get his curse. Yeah, they thought the oldness was contagious. Like, I don't want wrinkly fingers. And all the parents are, like, trying to be cool in front of his mom, you know? Like, they're fine. And they, like, make their kids play with them when they're yeah, all around together. Like the moms run into each other in the supermarket, and the, the nerd's mom is, like, buying, like, anti-aging cream. <laughs> no, it's not for me. All right, yeah, and she breaks down. Starts crying. <laughs> She's like got this old, like these old tissues in her purse, and like there's, you know, like piece, like red lipstick on pieces. But she's kept the yeah. tissues in there for. It's like too the long. fifth, fifth time she's cried in the supermarket that day. <sighs> oh man, God. Okay. Um. Yeah, and this, and, and so, and Harry Anderson and the cop just fall in love, and yeah, and and but they don't like. Okay, they figure out. Yeah, he he draws the monsters and they come to life, but there's nothing like really solved. Like there's nothing impacted. <laughs> like once they figure it out, right? I didn't even think about that until just now. You're right. Yeah. So they they clearly have the hots for each other. Like this cop is like the man in the relationship, right? Against this like yeah. Hawaiian shirt wearing artist. Mm-hmm. And this cop just like throws him up against a desk and <laughs> reads him as Miranda writes physically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's right. They're just like, oh yeah. So the wife busts in, catches him cheat, you know, going to yeah. cheat. Like yeah. that hasn't happened yet. So he draws a monster basically to come kill his wife for him. Yeah. Though, is he, he's not doing it on purpose though, right? Or did not I miss up, that? No, not up until that point, he's not doing it on purpose. Yeah. He just happened to draw his wife as a monster, right? Like, Well, yeah, the first time. Oh, he, Before okay. he knew. But then once he realized his power, he drew her again. Oh. After she catches him on the phone. Oh, uh, that makes a ready. little more sense to me. Okay. I, yeah. I didn't realize that he had done that on purpose. He drew that. Okay. Yeah, he drew to 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 invoke the monster uh, yeah. to to kill his wife. Yeah. He drew her drew the monster on purpose, but and then uh, you know I so I guess nobody's going to question him because a monster did it. A monster killed the wife, and probably that's the this the murder scene in that Tales from the Crypt office is going to be horrendous. <laughs> yeah. And how about uh, but, how about the cop? Like she shows up to the Tales from the Crypt offices to go on a date with Harry, and he's just and you can hear all the 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 <laughs> madness going on, the like the death happening. Yeah, and she, yeah, and he's just like, "Oh, we're just renovating," and she's <laughs> like, "Okay," takes his word for it, but it's like obviously someone right. is getting killed. <laughs> right? There's definitely like, you're a cop. Go do your yeah. job. <laughs> I know. Instead of having googly eyes for Harry Anderson. Yeah. Uh, and then cue them just eating dinner romantically. Yeah. But you're right. And that's it. Does he, can he keep <laughs> his job after this? Not after uh, 
Bill and Al find the state of that office in the morning. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. That's true. Maybe there is an inferred, like, bad ending where he loses his job and, and, uh, though he says he, he'll, he'll go draw, uh, romance comics. Uh, right. When he's courting the police officer. Cause she right. didn't like the, the creepy stuff she, he draws. Oh, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. Did he, cause he was drawing that picture of them eating dinner. Did he, did he make that happen too? Am I an idiot, Dale? Oh my God. Did he make that happen? Wow. Okay. Oh, sick. Hammond I didn't even sick. like think of that. It like, oh, I... he's, he's making that happen too. Like because he drew that first. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to need to go back and watch this, Chuck, unfortunately. Did Harry um, actually just pull a magic trick on us? Uh, uh, I think he just pulled the rug uh, out from under us. It's not the it's not the uh, the overt kind of magic. I see where this is going. It's a way Homer, Dale. <laughs> right. Wow. So in the end, Harry was magic. Yeah. He got us. God damn. I Chuck. can't believe we didn't have faith in him. I feel bad now. <laughs> Especially, you know, the guy's not around to defend himself anymore. Oh, he would have told peace. us. Had he had the ability. Yeah. The magic was there all along. Oh, yeah. Is night court a real thing? Do they have court at night? Do they, like in New York City? Do they have like so many court cases on the docket they have to run it <laughs> right. like overnight? Is that real? That's, yeah. Do you like when I ask question. you questions that you don't know the answer to? I hate it because <laughs> I really would like I I would get into it right, and we could ponder pontificate yeah. over it. Um, yeah, because it could be. It, he always ran court, and it was like eleven p.m. Right? Yeah. Like where I grew up, maybe there would be one late night of court a month. Right? Like maybe from five to eight, court would be open that oh, one really? t- time a month. I, I'm assuming. I don't know. Um. If anybody out there has you know, listens and knows anything about night court, real night court. Yeah. If you ever went to court in like Manhattan in the 80s and it was at 11 p.m., your court right. date. Because you let were us drunk. Did they, did they haul you right into court from, <laughs> from getting arrested off the street? Haul your A in. <laughs> and Bull was there. Oh, Bull. I feel like he, wait, has he showed up yet in a Tales from the Crypt? He, he, he will. He's, got He's ripe for it, right? Yeah. If we don't get every cast member of Night Court in a Tales from the Crypt episode, I'm going to be upset. Yeah. And Chuck, I don't, you know. We got a lot of episodes to go. So. So you got to have faith, Chuck. Oh, I will. After what Harry just showed me, my faith has been renewed. Oh my God. Thank you, Harry. And how about the, uh, how about the opening shot of this episode where it pans across his, his dream cartoonist desk? You got oh, you got like a skull with like worms coming out of it. You've got the the huge hardcover editions of uh, all the the EC Tales from the Crypt and Haunt of Fear and all the magazines yeah, that came. They out were in like nice. The late 80s. It was like yeah. in a box set. Yeah, those are real. They're expensive. You can find them, but really, they were like oversized uh, black and white printings. Um, oh, and they were each each like volume of uh, each series was in its own slipcase. Beautiful. It had a, there was like a lamprey. There was like a formaldehyde yeah. lamprey in it. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird choice. That was. Maybe he yeah. draws a lot of lampreys and he needed the uh, 
the yeah. reference. The form. <laughs> he draws so many lampreys that he he ordered one special from a like a medical lab place. Yeah. yeah. How about this absurd um like editor, Bill Grimes or whatever his name was oh, for the yeah. show. Oh, these guys who like they were supposed to be like like I feel like they were supposed to be like the comedy of this episode. Like they're like they're like throwing new story ideas at each other, but like the rhythm was just not there. Like it No. Hey Bob, I got another story idea. The owner of a miniature golf course kills his wife, props her mouth open, and uses her for the sixteenth hole. Better still, some little old lady's cleaning out her refrigerator, comes across a long dead boyfriend. A doctor has to take out his own appendix. Which has got to eat his own short ribs. A gynecologist. Give it a rest, will you guys? I'm trying to concentrate. And they were like inflecting like the wrong words. Like it just wasn't coming. I think they were cast because they kind of look like Bill Gaines and Al Feldstein. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, you know, crush their acting dreams, but I think they were cast (laughs) due to their talents necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. They were... uh... I wonder exactly. if Jack came in. I don't know when Jack came and died. I wonder if he saw this episode. That's pissed. Um, yeah. Probably pissed they changed his name. Probably because they were like, these guys are going to sue us if we use our real the, names. The director of this episode, Rowdy Harrington, uh, director of Roadhouse. Mm. Yeah. So what's up with this name, Rowdy Harrington Dale? You're thinking that's not his right name. I don't know. I don't know. He's born in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. Oh, Pittsburgh boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, I got here some personal details, alternate names, Chuck. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. Rowdy L. Harrington. <laughs> so. Got me. We're, we're on to him now, that scumbag. <laughs> what are you running from? He was the best boy electrician on Nightmare on Elm Street. Man, he oh, really moved cool. him. He was a grip on Repo Man. He like worked his way up. Good for him. That's pretty cool. Well, he won the Razzie. That is ridiculous. He won the Razzie for worst director for Roadhouse. What? Jesus. That's messed up. Sometimes those Razzie guys, I wish we could time travel just to slap them with a glove. Seriously. Guys, you wouldn't know a good or bad movie if it hit you on the behind. I wonder if the Razzie company would ever like issue, you know, like apologies. Corrections. (laughs) Yeah, corrections like 25 years later or something. They should. back. Yeah, they should. That makes me sick to hear. Ooh, he did the 1993 uh, movie Striking Distance, starring um, Bruce Willis, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Dennis Farina, and Tom Sizemore. Wow. For some reason, that that was like a trailer I saw a million times. It must have been on a tape I had. (laughs) Really? Striking Distance. I think it might have taken place in Pittsburgh, actually. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. He's like a cop who's like, he's like a river cop. So he's always like Bruce Willis is always driving around a boat in the uh, Mahongahela or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> the three rivers. All right. Enough Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh talk. Yeah. Dale, tell me what is on the docket for next time. Next uh, episode of Tales from the Crypt, Lower Birth. Ugh. Enoch. The two-faced man, an attraction at a sideshow, falls in love with a 4,000-year-old mummy, eventually leading up to the conception of their bastard... What? What? I gotta... Hold on. (laughs) Take a breath. Start over. Back up the bus. Back it up. I'm gonna start from the beginning. Enoch, the two-faced man, an attraction at a sideshow, falls in love with a 4,000-year-old mummy, eventually leading up to the conception of their bastard child, comma, the Crypt Keeper. 
Uh, what? Hello. Holy moly. But yeah, holy crap. We're going to get the origin of the Crypt Keeper? Why do... I mean, this is, has to be... This better be amazing, right? Otherwise, why even go there? I'm already, like, expecting disappointment, Dale. So... <laughs> this, I mean, play not with powers that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If there's not... I don't know. I don't even want... I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Th- <laughs> I don't... Because I don't want to, like, build something in my mind that is cool that I won't get. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Directed there better, by there Kevin... There be some puppets, Dale. <laughs> Directed by Kevin Yager, who does a ton of work in the special effects and makeup department of uh, plenty, plenty of movies. Bill and Ted Face the Music most recently. Whoa. Um, Still in the game. That had some great makeup. Did you see that yet, Dale? I haven't watched it yet, no. Oh, there is a new character in that who's like a, a robot, but it's like a man with like stuff glued to him or whatever. Yeah. And it's probably the best performance in the movie he's a great new character and it's like god it's great if he did that stuff that like makeup and prosthetics on him that's that's pretty cool i mean this this fellow this person wow they got some credentials okay also well uh, we'll also say director of hellraiser bloodline (laughs) so chuck to bring you back down to, to ground you back to reality every day Someone brings up the Hellraiser sequels in my, my life. The veil I mean, falls. And your I face. how fragile this world is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, special effects and makes up, makeup on Friday the 13th final chapter, Cherry 2000. I always oh remember that God. movie being at my dad's and uh, I would see it on TV. It was big on TV back in the day. 976 Evil, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, Okay. Freddy's Nightmares, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I mean, this person has been in it. The Fog. The What's this guy's name again? Kevin Yeager. Oh, Kevin. oh, yeah, Kevin Yeager. Did he do um Alex Winter? Did he do that Alex Winter movie? Did you ever see that movie he made? That, actually, that would be a really good movie to watch for our podcast. Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah, Freaked. Do you know this movie called Freaked? No. Yeah, it's directed by Alex Winter and Tom Stern. But it's... It, involves a lot of like uh makeup and like prosthetics and stuff i think it's like a uh it's like a group of freaks who live on a farm or something i don't know oh wow uh but holy crap the budget was 13 million (laughs) and it only made twenty nine thousand box office (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) so yeah it, it was like yeah listen to this cast alex winter randy quaid william sadler megan ward bobcat goldthwaite mr t Brooke Shields. <laughs> Whoa, holy smoke. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if I ever, oh, geez, Keanu Reeves is in it. I think he's like not, he might not even be named in the cast, but he's in it. Yeah, we got to watch this. Oh, all right, Dale, let's, uh, let's cut this off. Let's and we'll see up. what happens next week with the birth of our dear Crypt Keeper. I'm, stu- I'm still stunned. I know. <laughs> okay. I'm in shock. Until next time. Good night, kitties. Love you. Love you. Bye.
the crypt. Hail from the crypt, Jim Corman.